0: Clear, to us, at least, it's very clear that Twin Hills as a camp or as a system overall has a lot of legs still. We really do believe that we've got the dragon by the tail and now we need to slay it. It's going to take a lot of drilling and uh, we're already gearing up for that.
1: Greetings and welcome back to Mining Stock Education. This is Bill Powers. I'm your host. And today we are going to be discussing a new gold discovery in Namibia just announced yesterday by Osino Resources. Osino, you might know, is a sponsor of this show. The company's website is osinoresources.com. Company trades on the TSXV under the ticker OSI and on the OTC in the States, currently under the ticker OSILF. There are 67.4 million shares outstanding and the company's market cap in Canadian dollars sits at about 33 million. Perhaps you'll remember about a month ago when I was at the Sprott Conference, I interviewed mining legend and entrepreneur Ross Beattie. I published that interview about a month ago. If you haven't listened to it, I would encourage you to do so. As part of that interview, Ross favorably discussed and affirmed Osino and Hayadan, Osino's CEO and founder, Osino is a good example of of the things that I actually like and therefore invest in. So I've got a handful of investments like Osino. But the very first thing that Osino impressed me with is the CEO. Like Hayadon is just a super guy. He's smart, he's pleasant, he's honest, he's hardworking. All of those things are really, really important. And he's got lots of experience in the area that... You know, not a lot of the other people know about it. It's an underexplored area, in Namibia. Haya lives there. He, he, he just lives and breathes and dreams that region. So he's, he's smart. He's experienced. Like, it's really hard to beat that formula. Well, today you're not just going to hear about Haya, but you're going to hear from him as he discusses the significance of the drill results, three core holes that were released yesterday by the company. So with that being said, Haya, welcome to the Mining Stock Education Podcast.
0: Great. Thanks, Bill. Thanks for having me.
1: All right. So, uh, to properly understand these drill results, we need to set it in context. So, before we talk about the drill results specifically, I would like you to begin to set the context. Specifically, uh, when we talked f- several months ago over the phone, we had an hour conversation. So, the listener knows you kind of set my expectation for what would be uh, success for the drill program. And so, when I saw the results come out yesterday, based on my previous conversation with you, I was very excited. Talk about uh, the simple business plan that you had when you launched Osino, and why specifically did you focus on the Karabib trend in central Namibia?
0: Okay, thanks, Bill, I'll try my best. So the business plan was sort of two or three steps. Um, The first one was consolidation, i.e. put a sizable package together, something that has scale just on the map, um, and that gets noticed by, by Majors and Matthias, but not just scale on the map, but also geological scale. So, you know, having these pieces in the right places, geologically speaking. Uh, We've done the first step, uh, we've done the second step, and the third, and I'll I'll add a fourth step, is to now prove that we have something real over there, and then to find a a big brother. And I guess we are somewhere somewhere along step three on the way to step four.
1: Yes, so the exit plan, as you articulated it to me when we first spoke, was you plan on developing, defining, and then selling this project, not bringing it into production yourself.
0: Yes, I would say so, although I wouldn't exclude anything, you know, we have to decide um, when that time arises, but in principle, I do believe in that approach. I think there are other companies and entities that are better at building mines than us, even though I've done it before, but our key strength is to be entrepreneurial, to raise money. To be flexible nimble put these things together find these things and i think we're proving that and that's our sweet spot so that's that's what we're going to concentrate on i think once it gets into construction of mines and stuff the whole host of other risks that come into play and i think it 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 is appropriate at that time to consider a sales process so yes we are working towards that
1: and you and the key leadership of osino have done this twice in the last seven years already
0: Yes, uh, once in Namibia, um, your listeners will know that I'm a Namibian citizen and we sold the Ochi Kota project to B2Gold and they built a very successful mine there, so that was great for us, kind of um, set the scene and it's it's our model really, we're trying to, trying to do that again. And then subsequently with um, Ecuador Gold and Copper, which was slightly different, it was also a development asset that got merged into a Ross Beattie company, but that was also absolutely key for us because it was my introduction to Ross Beatty and his um group of investors and 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 people
1: okay so the geological setting in the the Karabib trend in central Namibia you're as you mentioned you're a Namibian national but why this specific geological setting
0: why here and now well in Namibia or anywhere in the world you have to work with what you have and the geology is there so Namibia has the Damara orogenic belt it's orogenic implying it's uh, structurally controlled and that means that there's a certain exploration approach that you need to take. And it also means that there's certain areas where you need to look. And that's how we started off. So we, we tried to consolidate significant ground in the prospective parts of this belt which is what we've done.
1: But let's talk about some of the comparables that you're comparing your project and what you're looking at to determine uh, success for your current projects. There's two gold mines nearby. Talk about those gold mines. Uh, What are the size and annual production rates?
0: Okay, well, I'll I'll say it slightly differently, but it's a great uh, connection to your previous question. There's the Otchipowder gold mine, which I've mentioned, which is owned by B2 Gold, and it, it produces around 170 to 200,000 ounces a year. It's highly profitable, um, very important mine to B2 Gold that's in the northeast. And then on the other end of the trend is the Navajo gold mine, which is uh, used to be owned by Anglo. It's got a long and distinguished history. It used to produce, or it produces a little bit less, mainly because it is uh, um, uh, com- uh, um, limited by throughput capacity. And we are bookended by these two mines. So you asked me earlier why in this area. Well, clearly, um, even though we have good technical justification for being where we are, but there is neurology, too. There are these two successful gold mines in Namibia. um, But they were always seen to be oddities. People didn't kind of look at Namibia as an emerging gold belt. It was kind of odd. Geologically, the model was well understood. Now, that has changed in the last few years. And um, so we've brought... Very strongly, this orogenic approach, this structural approach, which has uh, resulted in, in in some good exploration success that we've been having.
1: Yes, yeah, so it was your uh, new set of eyes with a different approach that has allowed you to even bring the project to the place it's at now.
0: Absolutely That's actually what I'm the most proud about because you know where we've discovered twin Hills and where we've made this very recent discovery, um, is 20 kilometers from a 6 to 8 million ounce existing mine that's been mining for 30 years, had exploration by the likes of Anglo and Goldfields and others. And we've discovered this undercover. So I'm really proud of that. That's a real achievement. Um, and as it goes worldwide, you know this, most, most significant gold deposits these days are uh, discovered undercover uh, because most of the stuff that's open has already been found. So there's certain techniques that we've adapted that are very important that have that have resulted in this in the success.
1: So, with the two nearby mines, what type of gold grades are being produced, and what type of widths of intersections um, are there? So, generally, as you
0: know, we are in a um, sedimentary belt, so the type of deposit that we have is a hydrothermal deposit, as opposed to epithermal. So, generally, um, these deposits are known to be lower grade but have bigger scale. Epithermal typically is smaller. More veiny, higher grade, but not so less continuous. Um, so these deposits lend themselves to big scale. I mean, Navajap has a has a historical resource of between six and eight million ounces. That's 20 kilometers away from us, and Ochicoto is also a multi million ounce deposit. So that has been our target. Um, you asked me about what uh, what what sort of what sort of intersection width they have and what sort of uh, grades. Generally between one and one and a half grams per ton resource grade but the production grade is always higher because they, because they employ selective mining, so there's an element of upgrading. So both of those mines produce at around 1.5 grams a ton. Um, if you re- relate that back to the intersections we've just announced in this discovery, they are still, or the grades are uh, still lower, but that's entirely okay because, you know, we're not, we haven't discovered the high-grade shoots yet that usually form part of these systems, and we'll get there. But what's different, which is highly encouraging for us, is the fact that our intersections are so long, like 180 meters. I mean, the average intersection length at Ochikoto is probably around 50 meters. Um, So it's very significant. And I think especially technical groups who understand this will uh, take note.
1: Yeah, Kaya, what I recalled from our conversation months ago was that you told me, Bill, if you see in the, the first initial results about 50 meters Of anything around a gram a ton or a little less that would be considered a success and so when I saw you put out yesterday 104 meters at 0.7 grams per ton 189 meters at 0.69 grams per ton and 78 meters at 0.64 grams per ton I knew that that was success
0: yeah um, I don't know if you're asking a question let me also comment that's just the intersections for the uh, central part of the system Um, I'm just reminding you and your listeners that we we, the Twin Hill system, the, the entire Gold system is about 11 kilometers long as expressed by its surface anomaly and by some um, bedrock uh, targets that we've identified along this trend. Now the drilling that we announced yesterday applies only to Twin Hill Central, so it's sort of the heart of the anomaly, um, but so Twin Hill Central in itself has, has significant potential, but so do the other uh, targets along the rest of the trend. So I think it's um, it's clear, to us at least it's very clear, that Twin Hills as a camp or as a system overall has a lot of legs still. We really do believe that we've got the dragon by the tail, um, and now we need to slay it. It's going to take a lot of drilling, and uh, we're already gearing up for that. So
1: you saw some high uh, grades within. uh, Your highest individual meter assays were 5.7 and 4.76 grams per ton, 3.08. 2.84, and 4.29 grams per ton over a meter. Could those results, could that potentially indicate a high-grade shoot nearby? Or what type of widths and grade would you want to be seeing to determine if you've hit a high-grade shoot?
0: Those grades are likely a small, well, they may or may not be a high-grade shoot, but it doesn't really matter at this stage. The reason we included them in the press release is just to indicate to Mostly the North American Canadian audience that that um, the that this project has the potential for higher grades. Now, when you ask me what kind of high-grade shoot are we would we like to see, of course, as high as possible. But you know that's that's maybe wishful thinking. So we need to be realistic. So we look we're looking at analogs. For example, the Ochikoto mine, which is to the northeast, the B2 gold mine, has some high-grade shoots that go significantly higher, up to 10 grams a ton, 5 grams a ton, 3 grams a ton. Basically, what I'm, my low-water mark here is I need to I need to deliver a gold resource that has a million ounces plus at a resource grade of one to one and a half grams per grams per ton. If I can deliver that, then I think we we, we, we could say that we we have a potential mine. I think we're still a little, you know, we're still somewhere off that. But certainly, what we're seeing now indicates that that's that's very much possible, if not probable. That we're going to find that. Um, what the yeah? So what the what the actual grade of the shoots will be? We have no idea. I mean, it's it's uh, it could be anything. But um, but sorry, just to end off. And those shoots, we haven't with this drilling. We didn't specifically target high-grade shoots. We understand that these deposit deposits are structurally controlled. We are gaining a better and better understanding of the structure of this deposit, and as as that happens, our targeting ability will improve. So the next steps. Um, certainly will include specifically targeting higher-grade shoots, but that was not the intent of this initial drilling. Initial drilling was to uh, just prove significant mineralization in general, and that we, we, we've we achieved.
1: What type of assay results should investors expect from the company over the next few months, and what about a drill program for Q4?
0: So I'll ask the second question. Of course, I cannot predict assay results just because, uh, you know, there's a geological endowment and I can't influence that, but um, I I... I would certainly say that investors should expect um, similar results to these going forward, although these, the length of these intersections are quite exceptional. I think if we match them again, that would be, as I say, exceptional. But certainly they should they should be interspersed with higher grades. So I want to see some 2 grams, some 3 grams, some 4 grams in shorter intersection widths within a wider halo of low grades. So that will, will ulti- ultimately constitute a mindable, uh resource. So that's to answer your question on the grades. Uh, did you ask me about uh, the program going forward?
1: And what I was also uh, indicating, Haya, was um, there are some assay results pending. And uh, what time frame should in- in investors expect those to be released?
0: Yes, yeah, so the time frame is short within the next two weeks to three months. Um, and just to remind your listeners and you, we are doing different types of drilling. Um, in the sort of integrated program that we're running, we're doing percussion drilling, um, RC drilling, and diamond drilling. The percussion drilling is there to prove up mineralization at bedrock, i.e. through the cover. And the RC and diamond drilling is to then convert that bedrock mineralization into real intercepts. So the results we just announced are the, the real intercepts. So we, we announced three out of seven. So another four I expected. There will be one hole hopefully in the next week or two and the remaining three holes will be middle of September. So that's for the diamond drilling which will further confirm or enhance the current discovery already announced. In addition to that there will be further bedrock percussion drill results which are um, which will prove additional targets along the twin hills trend. So basically making the whole twin hills system better. Those are also expected in the next, let's give it four weeks. And then we are now already planning a follow-up drill program to do infill drilling, step-out drilling, extensions on strike, and also to look for high-grade shoots. Um, now that drilling will probably commence around about middle of September uh, after we've received all the current results, and the results will be incoming during October and November. So fairly, fairly constant stream of, of exciting news coming up basically until the end of the year.
1: This is exactly what um, mining stock speculators want to hear, what you're describing, but it takes cash to do it. So talk to us about the cash in the treasury, your burn rate, and what it costs to drill in Namibia.
0: So we have um, about $4 million in the bank right now. Um, We're going to spend $4.3 million this year, which is, if you go on our website presentation, that's the number that I always mentioned. Of course, around three of that has already been spent. So we got another $2 million. To go between now and the end of the year, um, which enables us to conclude what I've just told you, which is a range of, of drilling between now and the end of the year, and then we'll end the year with about $2.5 million. So that is not a huge amount, but remember we're in Namibia and we've got a very significant exchange rate kicker, so we can do a lot of damage with $2 million. Um, but having said that, that's not where I want to be. I would, I would, would, my, my ideal sweet spot is to do a significant additional premium financing in the next, in the foreseeable future, um, to cash us up so that we can uh, rev up our program, uh, because these results very clearly tell us we need to do a lot more drilling, even over and above what we, what I've just told you, that's, that's what we're planning to do. Um, so I, I think I may have mentioned to you before on the on, on your other show or so, there are different ways of raising that money. Of course, the market is much more receptive these days. We've got very good shareholders. Um, Who stand behind us, but also I'm interested to talk to strategic investors because I think for a company like ours We have such a big land position so many projects a lot of stuff I haven't even mentioned to you or your or your your listeners, which we Advancing all of that takes cash. So I would be quite happy with a strategic partner at the 10 to 20 percent level um, At this stage And, and we are actively working on that. We're talking to a couple of entities who could come in and and be the anchor for for a significant premium follow-on financing.
1: And that, of course, will protect shareholders against dilution.
0: Yes, although um, in in this regard, uh, you know, we are not a prospect generator. We own all of of the projects that we have. Um, There's always the risk of dilution because, of course, you know, we need to raise equity and issue shares in order to keep going. That's what we've done so far. And because we have such a diversified portfolio of assets, There's quite a strong argument to be made that we could uh, farm out some of those. Let's say the non-core ones, we could farm out to others, and and we will consider that going forward, but we still need to add a bit of value to what we have in order to make these projects real. Um, So that would be one way of um, minimizing dilution. But at the same time, if you have success and you own your projects 100%, I argue that being as we are, which is 100% owners and operators of our projects, I think is a better place to be than if we were a prospect generator now where where we would be dependent on on other people's um, drive and determination so I'm, I'm quite happy where i am but of course it does mean some some dilution but i think dilution doesn't have to be a dirty word is if the dilution happens at higher prices and you you generate value that way then i think it is more acceptable
1: Let's talk about Namibia. I've had Brandon Monroe, the CEO of Bannerman Resources, on this show in the past, and we talked about Namibia as a mining jurisdiction. When I spoke with you on the phone for the first time, uh, you referred to Namibia as the Switzerland of Africa, and you also compared it to Texas, which as an American I'm familiar with. Why do you use those two analogies?
0: Well, when when we're looking at jurisdictions, I think there are a couple of things you need to take into account. But the key ones for a mining speculator or a mining investor are riskiness. And ease of doing business. So riskiness refers mainly to political risk, which is uncertainty, political uncertainty, change of regulations, uh, maybe losing your licenses, that sort of stuff. In that regard, Namibia is, is can easily be compared to Texas or um, <laughs> Switzerland even to some extent in that regulations, mining regulations are very stable, have been very stable for a long time and appear to continue to be stable going forward. Um, Another important consideration is, of course, ease of doing business. Can you find services, goods and services? Um, Can you access your sites, weather, and, and, and. In that regard, um, Texas is probably a better comparable because, yes, Namibia is is great. We we don't even have snow. We can access our drill sites all year round. Um, We have a... Weak currency at the moment, which which is good because it keeps our costs on. As we we raise our money in Canadian dollars, um, you know we, we we get a lot more bang for our buck. So yes, I I still maintain that Namibia is a great place to operate. We're very happy there, um, and it's definitely the top one of the top um, exploration jurisdictions or mining jurisdictions. I would say, of course, you know I have to say there are always some issues. There are always some. Um, Elements that could be improved and we're working with the government uh, to do so through the Namibian Chamber of Mines But that's just in the normal course of business
1: as you progress the company forward and you look external to the company What would be some of the key things that would hinder your progress?
0: So of course sentiment? Externally speaking, I cannot influence that uh, to a large extent. We are dependent on I guess Mr President G and President Trump You know what happens with the trade war and 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 there are other commentators that can put that into perspective much better than i can at the moment we have positive sentiment and improving sentiment and that's good for us but ultimately we are dependent on that sentiment especially uh, when it comes to financing because financing is driven by share price share price driven by sentiment so i would say that's a key outside factor um internally i guess uh you know one of the things we will be working towards is this company is very uh, inti- intimately linked to me as a person, because I have track record, in Namibia. I've done this before. I've raised money, sold companies, etc. So a lot of people associate Osino with me personally. Um, but of course, there's a much bigger team around me. I'm not the one that that makes the discoveries. I'm just the one that sets the strategy and raises the finance. But um, we are looking at, uh, you know, as as we grow, strengthening the team. So I think that's that's important for a small company. I would say those are probably the key, key factors uh, that, that investors need to consider.
1: As we conclude, Haya, is there any uh, final thoughts that you'd like to share with, to, with the investors that are listening to us?
0: Uh, I'm excited. Thank you. We, we, we Looking forward to the future. I'm going to Vancouver next week to the Metals Investors Forum, so I'll probably meet quite a few of your listeners over there. after Beaver Creek, the week after, meeting a range of investors, brokers, mining companies. So I think the next two or three weeks are going to be good for us. Uh, And then, of course, the medium term, very excited to get going uh, on the follow on drill programs. And it's so much easier to have that or to project that excitement when you have conviction. And with these results, our conviction has just grown tremendously. So we're looking forward to the future. Thank you.
1: Company is Osino Resources. The website is osinoresources.com. Make sure you head on over there, um, click your email in the box there, and you'll get uh, the results. These drill results upcoming that we're talking about, you'll get those emailed to you the morning that they're released. Check the company out on the TSXV under the ticker OSI on the OTC. O-S-I-L-F. I'll be talking to Haya uh, over the course of the next year. And as these results come out, he'll be a frequent guest on this show. Well, Haya, thanks for coming on Mining Stock Education. I look forward to meeting you in person in
0: Beaver Creek. Excellent. Thank you, Bill.
1: Thank you for listening to this Mining Stock Education podcast. Please subscribe and share with like-minded investors. Visit us on the web at miningstockeducation.com for more resources on precious metals and natural resource investing. At our website, you can also sign up for our free newsletter for interview transcripts, stock picks, and more.